0: You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website pvcc.org.au. Good morning, Pasco Vale. What a wonderful thing to see people back in the sanctuary again. And I hope that all those who are listening online as well can continue to start making their way back because it's really good to have fellowship with one another. Now, I hope all of you have been challenged so far by the uh, Proclaiming Jesus series that we've uh, started uh, to learn how to share the gospel with others. Just a quick recap. In the past sermons, we've covered the importance of our message and how it is important it is to bring the right message to the people. We then learned how our prayer impacts on those whom we are sharing the gospel as well. Today, our focus will be on our conduct. Now, as we work through the passage today, I'd like all of us to have one thought in our mind, okay? And that is, how can we live in such a way that people want to believe in Jesus and follow Him? Let me repeat that. How can we live in such a way that people want to believe in Jesus and follow Him? Now, as we hold that thought in our heads, let me open our the Word. We open today's message with a word of prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us see how we can practically apply the message that we have today. The Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the wonderful message that you have, the reminder of how important it is for our conduct to be God-honoring and to bring our message effectively across to those who have yet to hear your word. We thank you, God, and we pray that you convict our hearts and inspire us today. May the meditation of our hearts and the and and the preaching of the word be wholly and acceptable to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here we have kids are like sponges, aren't they? They see and they learn from the environment all the time. They follow and they mimic the adults that have influences in their life. I'm sure we're all familiar with some of the images on this slide. For example, the little girl playing with makeup. Before she went, um, she, she's probably following mum or, or elder sister who has been playing with makeup. And, and they're learning from that. They're seeing what they're doing and think, oh, this is what you do before you go out. So they start playing with that as well. Or you may see this young man playing with a Tonka truck. You know, seeing all this, uh, maybe the dad's a truck driver or perhaps he thinks that, you know, People who drive Tonka, uh, those big, massive trucks are really cool and they learn from them and they mimic them and they love playing with those toys. Or it could also be uh, about the bad habits, the bad habits of adults as well. You know, the kid's been seeing dad playing on the iPhone or his phone all the time and then he's starting to do the same as well, playing his games and stuff like that and not spending time doing outside activities. What's the most, the, the most scary image is actually the last one. It's a screenshot of a 60-second video released by the Australian-based National Association of Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect. And it carries a message that children imitate what they see. In other words, children see, children do. The video ends with an important message. Make your influence positive. You know, you see the image there of a man raising his fist, ready to strike someone. Maybe a child, maybe a woman, or maybe the mother, or whatever. It is important to help us remember that these images impact on our children. And it causes us to think either that's acceptable or it's something that we do, which is not right. Our conduct matters. Our conduct matters matters. A faith and belief in Australia survey conducted in 2017 shows the top attractors to religion and spirituality. And the top ranking um, attraction is seeing people who live out a genuine faith. Now friends, we are all kids once before. And whilst we've all grown into adults, there is still a kid within each of us. Our conduct impacts upon how others will perceive Jesus. Our conduct impacts upon how others will see or perceive Jesus. Now friends, I have a confession and an apology to make. Now for those whom I've been a stumbling block, I sincerely apologize. I am certainly not perfect. And my conduct has not always been my best. I know, especially when I'm stressed out or frustrated, my wife knows my flaws. I have known to let loose a few angry and unloving words, and maybe a, a profanity or two. Sorry. But this usually happens when things go bad or, you know, you're really stressed out. It's not something, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. i know it is in my nature and i know i'm a sinful person by nature as well so imagine if that happens in front of your colleague or your friends or your children or those whom you have influence our conduct matters if those incidents occurred in front of those people it is certainly not god honoring is it or is it helping others to see jesus us. We therefore need to be wise about our conduct. We need to walk in wisdom towards others, outsiders, making the best use of the time, as we've read in Colossians 4-5. The Apostle Paul differentiates between outsiders and insiders. Now, outsiders clearly mean those who are unbelievers or have yet to come to the faith. Whilst within our brothers and sisters, a mystic here and there is easily forgiven. Mystics in the and in the conduct with outsiders can have a significantly and much longer lasting detrimental impact. Take the story of Gandhi, for example. Now while Gandhi was a practicing Hindu, Christianity intrigued him in his Reading of the Gospel, Gandhi was impressed by Jesus whom Christians worshipped and followed. He wanted to know more about this Jesus and Christians referred to as Christ the Messiah. The Reverend Patterson tells the story of one Sunday morning when Gandhi decided he would visit one of the church, Christian churches in Calcutta. Upon seeking entrance to the church sanctuary, he was stopped at the door by ashes. He was told he was not welcome, nor would he be permitted to attend this particular church and he was for high caste Indians and whites only. He was neither high caste, nor was he white. Because of the rejection, Mahatma Gandhi turned his back to Christianity. What a sad indictment on Christians, isn't it? Sadly, this is not the only instance, and there are many more instances which are occurring all over the world today. And with the power of social media, this has even become more apparent to us. Think the recent scandals of child pedophilia in the churches and the church organizations. While some accept that it is the act of a few bad actors, Most simply cast Jesus into a bad light because of the actions of those few. It is so condemning. Sadly, the lessons of the past did not change the church with Christians continuing to behave badly in public places, proclaiming their entitlement in God and excusing their poor conduct. I know we have a few friends and even family members who are put off by these behaviors that they have turned their back on Christ. That is such a sad story, isn't it? Our actions matter. Our actions matter. What we do or not do can become a stumbling block for the proclamation of the gospel. So we need to be wise with our conduct, especially, especially amongst unbelievers. This is because our actions often sorry, trigger reactions. It can both be positive for the gospel and also negative, so we need to be wise about how we respond or handle our conduct in this interconnected world that we live in it's not just those who are directly impacted that are affected the world is watching your actions can trigger reactions in places you never imagine will have an impact do not underestimate the impact your conduct can make in the broader scheme of proclaiming christ to the world now here's a tragic story of a christian couple the abdella family two years ago the family suffered an unimaginable tragedy when three of their children and their niece were killed killed by an intoxicated driver was on their way to get ice cream. Imagine that. You're just running your day-to-day thing, going to the shop to get an ice cream, and all of a sudden, your children have been mowed down. Anthony was 13, Angelina 12, and Sienna Abdullah only eight. Very, very young children. As well as their 11-year-old cousin, Veronic Sakar was tragically killed in 2020. And it was during Christmas time. Imagine that tragedy. How bad that was. The grieving parents, Layla and Danny, captured the hearts of the nations when they decided, instead of getting angry and vexatious against that driver, they chose to forgive them forgive him. They, forgive, they forgave the driver who stole the lives of their three beautiful children and their niece. And because of their forgiveness, their story continues to be told even today as a couple welcomed another child just recently. They continued the good work of proclaiming Jesus and showed their thankfulness to God for helping them through their grief and how they were able to work through their forgiveness With that man who killed their children. And how God continued to bless them for a beautiful new bubble. Wow. Wow. What a powerful testimony. And what a beautiful act of forgiveness. That driver devastated this family, it destroyed it. But their love and their forgiveness blessed so many more. Friends, there will be instances where the world will be watching and just waiting, waiting to capture that moment when we lose control of our conduct. With video cameras on every most phones, we cannot get away with the scrutiny in our actions. There will be times where we will be mocked as well or insulted for our faith there'll be some who in their ignorance will classify all christians as pedophiles because of a few priests or pastors that went down the wrong path but our actions and our conduct matters in those situations how we respond to those insults and those mockery is important because it matters I recall, and probably you've heard my story of the street outreach which we used to do in front of our church. I used to sing Christian songs and play guitar and sing songs of love and forgiveness on a Sunday afternoon, with large speakers pointing out across the library lawn on the other side. There were many that came up and said, "Thank you. You are thank you for spreading the love of God and the love of Christ through song. I really needed to hear that song." Some people said to me. But there were also, there were also mockers. They came and they heard insults at me. One even threw a drink at me. Thankfully, he had a bad aim. Went on the side. But imagine if that had hit me. But anyway, I don't know how we reacted, but hopefully I just smiled. How should we react, my friends, in such circumstances? We could retaliate, couldn't we? It's all right. Someone's hit us, so we hit back. But we could, but imagine if we have yelled back and lost control of our conduct in public. Do you think they saw what happened before? No. They'll be interested in you losing your self-control and you yelling abuse and retaliating at that person. Does that action bring glory to God? Ask yourself that. No, it doesn't. 1 Peter 2.23 reminds us, When they heard insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he, when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Friends, it's not for us to judge. It's for God to judge. The story of the Abdullah family earlier is not the only instances out there of positive conduct that have moved people. There are many such stories like the one about Steve Saint portrayed in the movie The End of the Spear. The act of love from Steve and the other missionaries and their families caused an entire Wadani tribe of Ecuadorian In Incas to come to Jesus. What a powerful story. Despite the father being murdered by these people, their love and their forgiveness caused the entire tribe to come to Jesus. And their story continues to be told. Friends, retaliation wins no one for Christ. Retaliation wins no one for Christ. Instead, love and forgiveness are much more powerful tools because the world cannot understand why you're doing it this is because it moves people to repentance and reconciliation much like what Jesus does for us through the cross ask yourself what excites God today what excites God what makes God joyful If it's payback for insults, we are all in big trouble, aren't we? After all, we nailed Jesus on that cross. But no, that is not what excites God. Instead, we read from Luke 15.10, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing when the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God is like a father in the parable of the prodigal son. He rejoices when that one lost soul is found and has returned to him. He's like the shepherd who will leave his 99 to look for that one lost sheep, to rescue it and to return it to the flock. This is the God in whom we worship. This, my friend, is our God. And as His disciples and followers, we hope that this is what excites you also. So be wise in the way we conduct ourselves, not only to our fellow brothers and sisters, but more importantly, how we conduct ourselves in front of outsiders. Our conduct Can bring one to Jesus, or we could be the one that turns them away from a loving and merciful God. Now imagine the impact Gandhi would have had if he was treated right the first time. How many he would have influenced to follow Jesus. If we had only welcomed him with love and open arms as opposed to judgment and disdain our conduct matters we are called to be salt and light in this world by calling us salt and light jesus is making two important points firstly there's a difference between his people and the people of the world now this is evident from his words in john chapter 10 verse 27 <coughs> my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me we are called to be in the world but not of the world we are from this world but we now belong to jesus because we've accepted him as our personal lord and savior we are called to be different to live differently from the rest of the world the second is that the world is in decay and darkness i think we can make that observation ourselves we can see the deceit the corruption the depravity the immoral behavior the the greed the lust and the hunger for power is an ever spiraling path towards darkness and dehumanizing of others just look at the war in Ukraine, for example, and you can see the impacts of the aggressor has on this peaceful nation. If you remember my message some time ago, the centre alphabet to the word sin is I. When I am the centre, the only path is sin and eternal damnation and death, eternal death. Therefore, As Christ believers, we are called to be different. Our conduct should be life-giving, not death-bringing. We need to point others to the things that bring life rather than death. That is why our message is urgent and much needed. Ask yourself, how is my life bringing life to others? How am I conducting myself that shines the, that light and brings salt into the life of those of whom I have influence? Why salt? Well, we mainly use salt for flavour of our food today, salt has many other uses as well. Salt is used to preserve and to keep food from rotting. It is also life-preserving as the body uses salt to maintain fluid levels in our body. A balance of fluid and salt is necessary, necessary for the health of the heart, the liver and kidneys. It regulates blood fluids and prevents low blood pressure. Like salt, we are called to preserve life, maintain life and even make it exciting by bringing out is flavors for all to enjoy salt is an integral part of life and therefore we are called to be an integral part of the life giving properties of god's word and mission for salvation matthew 5:13 writes you are the salt of the earth But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Friends, as Matthew 5.13 writes, If we lose our saltiness, we become useless. We're useless. That salt is useless. We lose our purpose and we become more of a stumbling block than a catalyst for the gospel now as salt mixes with other chemicals we can actually also become toxic toxic and perhaps even a hindrance to one wanting to get to know that gospel friends be careful not to add the world into the salt that you are as it becomes a dangerous mix and has potential To poison the mind of those we influence. Example of such are mixing politics with faith. When you do that, it becomes very dangerous. God does not favour one political party over the other. He uses all for his will. Where it becomes dangerous is when one chooses to manipulate the masses by claiming that God supports only this party and not the other. Friends, especially with elections coming up, choose and discern as you would by prayer and discernment. But bear in mind that God did not choose one party over the other, but uses all for his glory. Remember that. Friends, what would Jesus do? A typical acronym, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Friends, We need to start living a life that is pleasing to Him. To live a life that is like Jesus. Now, a good resource recommended by the church, which can be helpful in our pursuit to proclaim the gospel, is a book by Sam Chan on how to talk about Jesus. And there are many, many other resources out there. So if you really want to find out how you can be a positive impact and how your message and your conduct can help bring the gospel across, have a read of some of these resources. Now the next important bit is being light giving. Light illuminates and drives away the darkness. Now recently, just last week actually, we went to the Narakut Caves up near Adelaide. We did a cave tour to see the stellar tides and the stellar mines and the beauties of the cave inside. As part of the whole experience, the guide turns off the light in the cave to show us how dark it actually is inside. When the lights went out, we could not see anything at all. Not even the five fingers that I have immediately in front of my face. I can't see it. It's just absolute pitch black. You couldn't even make out the silhouette of it. It was that dark. But much like the darkness in this world, my friends, most people who are living in that darkness cannot see, even see, the obvious which is in front of them. Like my five fingers, they can't see it. But the moment the slightest of illumination is lit, our eyes begin to open and we can see or at least make out what is surrounding us. Similarly, when we shine the light into the lives of those who are living in darkness, we start to help others open their eyes to see the difference in God's world as opposed to the world we live in. For example, our families, how we live as a family unit can shine a light to a non-believing family as to how a family unit should behave. We can talk about husbands and wives, Christian couples demonstrating how the love and respect for one another can be a testimony as well for other young couples who are non-believers as well. Friends, Matthew 5:14 writes: You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people of light or, not, not do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. Now, when you fly in an aircraft or sail on a boat, when the lights are lit from a far city, a city far away, we can see it from afar, couldn't we? Even the lighthouse near the, near the cliff edge. When the darkness comes and the lighthouse light is lit, sailors can see that light shining from a long distance away. I don't know about you, but light has natural attraction even in the darkness. When we are in the darkness, when we see light shining afar, we have a natural tendency to want to walk towards it. I guess this is because we know from a very young age that light often means safety. We do not know what is lurking in the dark corners, and it is a constant fear one has. From our childhood, we are afraid of the dark, but light always brings us comfort, and always brings us joy. The light also warns. A lighthouse warns us of dangerous rocks or rigs in the darkness, and points us on the path to its safety. Those who know the light of the lighthouse often find themselves in a precarious position and potentially life-threatening situations. If we follow the light, we know that we are on the right path, don't we? In conclusion, there can be no such thing as secret discipleship. For either the secrecy destroys the discipleship Or the discipleship destroys the secrecy in the same way let your light shine before others so that it may see your good works and give glory to our father in heaven friends make the most of every opportunity that you can get our time on this earth is limited we all have a role to play we are all to be salt and light in this world and we don't want to lose our light and we don't want to lose our saltiness our conduct matters when it comes to proclaiming the gospel you know a man can have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends to put others before themselves even to the point of death and that was what Jesus was for us. Friends, I hope today's message has challenged you to pay particular attention to the way we conduct ourselves in presence of our children, outsiders, and within the family of Christ even. Our conduct matters and it can be a stepping stone or a stumbling block for all whom we have influence. Be wise, life-giving, light-bringing so that we can effectively proclaim Jesus to those who have yet to call Jesus as Lord and Saviour. May the Lord bless you and convict your hearts to answer the question we raised from the very beginning and that is, how can we live in such a way that people want to believe in Jesus and follow him? How can we live in such a way that people want to believe in Jesus and follow him? Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for the word and thank you for the convictions of our hearts. Holy Spirit, each of us needs to be repenting of our conduct for the times that we have lost our saltiness and for the times that we are not like giving or life bringing. Help us dear Lord and forgive us for the times that we've been a stumbling block rather than a stepping stone for your gospel. Lord, the world is watching us every step of the way they're scrutinizing our behavior our conduct, our speech our, our behavior we're not perfect Lord and we know that but in our imperfection you can use us for your glory like you've used the families like the Abdullah family and the Steve Saints family and many many other families out there who have shone your light in the heart of darkness in our suburbs in our workplaces in our relationships Lord help us to become more like you each day, to ask ourselves constantly in our minds, what would Jesus do in this situation? How should we respond as Jesus would in this situation? Lord, help us to find an opportunity. Help us to be your salt and your light in this world that we can not only preserve life and bring light, but also to make it exciting for those who have yet to come to experience you. So we pray, dear Lord, that you convict our hearts today. Speak to each one of us and help us to find your path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.